Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Baseball. My name is Rob Woodbridge from FOCO.co, located... Did I say baseball? I did, right? You did. And it is. It is This Week in Baseball. I'm just joking. This Week in Location-Based Marketing. I did that on purpose, but my name is Rob and I am from FOCO.co, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. This is, actually we're doing this on October 3rd, bright and early Saturday morning. And with me, as usual, I will secede the fact that the Toronto Blue Jays are now the Eastern Division champs. And I, I don't know if it's evident if you're watching the video, but there's certainly a rivalry. Joining me, as usual, from the Eastern Division champion, Toronto, <laughs> City of Toronto. Go ahead, Asif. Yes, it is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association, back from the uh, celebrations in Baltimore. <laughs> what was and, that? Uh, ready to go. Yeah. God, front row, Mr. Khan. Yeah, man. Front Gotta row. do it. Front it's, row. You know what, because it's going to be another 25 years before we ever run again. <laughs> no, I don't think so. If they can hold this team together, I think that there's a uh, high likelihood that uh, they could win, they could yeah, win something. Yeah, they've got a couple years. Yeah, 200 million payroll. Um, how was that, man? Like For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Asif was, happened to be in Baltimore, uh, in the Washington area, while the Blue Jays happened to be there. As my wife would say, that's a coincidence. Like when we went to Paris and Springsteen was playing while we were in Paris. Mm -hmm. But you actually got there for game one of the uh, doubleheader that, where the uh, Blue Jays clinched the Eastern Division, their first division in 25 years, 23 years? 23. Yeah. 23 years. Um, how was that? It was unbelievable. I, I mean, <laughs> there were first of all, there were more Jays fans there than Orioles fans. The yeah. place was mostly empty. Uh, so we had, our, you know, our pick of seats for the most part. Um, and... Uh, and you didn't you know, pick the furthest from home plate, huh? did you? You didn't pick the furthest one away. You picked the closest one. Yeah, I wanted to be right there. Yeah. And, and, and I was with a group of guys that I'd met down there. And because uh, uh, we were there on, on Monday night, too, for the other game. And we knew Strowman was going to be pitching. So we went and made like our little Stro sign. And uh, out of, out of like uh, paper plates from the uh, restaurant we were at, we just took our Sharpies that we had brought for autographs. And wrote Stro, and then we'd hold up this thing and go Stro. So that made it on TV a couple of times. So it was good uh, until the uh, bouncer comes over and tells us, "No, you, you you can't hold up signs. You know, when you're standing behind home plate, it's a distraction to the pitchers. It's against the rules of baseball, dude. Like, what do you, don't you know this? Like, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Like, so so yeah. Anyways, we had to stop stop with that. But imagine it's if okay. you got tossed from that game. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We, we worked it out. We worked it out. You made it. And you made yeah. it. And you watched the Blue Jays clinch the division. For the, no, no no, other Torontonian, no other person on the planet had seen that since 1993. Yeah. And, and, and I think the best best moment for me, other than them actually clinching it and the big celebration, was around the uh, seventh inning or so, I moved over from behind home plate to near where Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager, was. And at the same, roughly the same time, you know, there was lots of cheering going on and lots of chants and, you know, people were doing the let's go, Blue Jays kind of like chant, right? And all of a sudden, somebody started, I don't know where, but it just completely changed from that to thank you, Alex. And that went on for minutes, like minutes. The entire like stadium. In Baltimore. It was thank you, Alex. In Baltimore, uh, that's crazy for putting this team together, and yeah, it was unbelievable. And I was right beside him, like two people over, and I'm just watching, and, and he's almost in tears. He's like, and his wife is sitting with him, and yeah, it's just great. 
See, you gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what baseball does for you. Um, yeah. But, but on, a, on a quieter note, uh, the, my Yankees did qualify for the wild cards. Yeah, yeah. They are in the playoffs. They really? celebrated like they had won the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, we got we have a location show to talk about. I know, I know, I know exactly. But we have to do that. And, and uh, you know, um, speaking of location, is that Retail Loco, like uh, if, the, if the Cubbies go long into the playoffs, man, they could be playing around Retail Loco. Like the World Series starts October 27th, right? Yeah. So if the, if the Cubbies are in the American League or the National League Championship Series against the St. Louis Cardinals, I think that uh, this will be a, this this could be an epic week to be in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Or an yeah. epic week to be in in Toronto, and we're going to be in Chicago. Right. It's it's alright. We'll work it out. That's how. That's just we got to go with the flow. Well, we have uh, we have some great stories. We have uh, obviously our industry news and, and and member news, and they all blend together because it's just great examples of how people, how companies and uh, organizations are using location in their business. But before that, we've obviously got to talk about what's what's prescient now because twenty days from this very day, Asifcon, uh, it will be the end. The end. Of retail loco yeah and it's a big show this year we got uh, a bunch of new speakers uh lots of um lots of cool like uh it was interesting like i mean i spent almost all week when i wasn't uh, watching baseball <laughs> um just trying to finalize everything for the show and and uh, the agenda and and all that you know um and all the, all the little details so some great new speakers. I'll just highlight some of the guys that haven't been part of Retail Loco before. Um, but uh, Ian Dallimore's coming down from Lamar. Uh, we've got a, a case study that Urban Airship is presenting with Redbox. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, we've got Alliance Data participating. Uh, they're the guys, big loyalty players. They own Air Miles and a bunch of these other uh, loyalty card programs. Um, we've got uh, some guys coming over from the LBMA. Uh, international chapters from Germany, from Singapore, from Sweden, from Amsterdam. Uh, so that's pretty exciting to see that. Um, Swirl is going to be there this time, talking about beacons and what they're doing there. Smith Micro, new sponsor as well on board. United Airlines, uh, local Chicago is going to be talking about all their beacon stuff that they've done in airports. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then another case study, uh, Mood Media is going to be... Uh, talking about some stuff that they've done with Verizon stores. Um, so that's interesting. You're doing a panel with uh, your favorite company ever, Foursquare. Um, so that's kind of fun. Be uh, nice. Hard Rock is also on that panel. Yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Um, what else? I mean, we got Randify, formerly Where to Get It, rebranded. Uh, Geophedia, uh, Factual, Gravy. I mean, just tons of new stuff going on. And then we've got this big panel the final morning with uh, Mall of America, McDonald's, Fridays, and Hershey's. It's that's it, a uh, yeah, yeah. It's an all-star panel, and yeah, then you've got so. the hot sauce committee, and the hot sauce committee in the middle of that. I mean, yeah. Yes. What else do you want? You know, there's not much else that uh, you know. As I was saying before the show, we, we we talk about things before the show, and I said that um, when when I point people to the retail logo website uh, who are in the industry who understand the industry, they look at it and say, like, I don't know how you assembled such a great such a great uh, roster of speakers and panelists, but uh, kudos, man. This is going to be, I'm very excited about being there. As yeah. Always. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like the, the, the cool thing is when I'm out like trying to get these guys to speak, there's like a whole nother list of people over here, like probably another 20 people, like big brands like Home Depot and stuff that they're like, Hey man, like, sorry, we just can't do this 
one. So I'm like, I already slot them in. Well, South by Southwest, right? You're like yeah. you're good for that, right? Yeah. So yeah, so we've got like this list of reserve guys that we've already got commitments for for uh, for March. So it's kind of good. Well, I am excited, and so that is uh, October 22nd and 23rd. I unfortunately will have to jet on the morning of the 23rd because it is a promise that I've made to both of my kids that I will never not be home for their birthdays and that in fact coincides with october 23rd so i'll be there the 22nd into the evening to to watch the hot sauce committee and then i will be jetting out bright and early so i'll, I'll miss the second half of the, the the second day but for the sanctity of my children's and <laughs> peace of mind i will i will do that you gotta um, do it yeah so just go to retaillow.co retaillow.co i'm excited uh, you know, the only other thing that I can think about is that I actually here, here's a quick uh, movie review for you guys out there who are considering on the fence uh, about considering going to see this movie called The Martian. Uh, it is uh, unbelievable. Now I read the book, and I read the book. We actually did an audio book as we were touring around Ontario with my kids over the summer, and uh, you know they learned every single swear word ever imaginable to human beings. Like the first word of the book is a swear word. Um, but the book was on was incredible. It was I, I'm not a science fiction guy. I like I like science fiction, but I, I don't read fiction books. And we decided that we would do this because uh, it seemed like a great book, and it was. It was an unbelievable book. And I'll tell you, if you've read the book, it does not take away from the experience of the movie. If you haven't read the book, it doesn't take away from the experience of the movie. They've done it very well. If you have read the book and you go see the movie, uh, you will. Uh, they've changed some of the some of the movie around. But there's a deeper appreciation for the movie. They've done it exceptionally well, and uh, yeah, and Damon was was amazing in it. So go go see the movie. That's what I that's all I got to say. Go see the all movie, right. and it's almost suitable for for kids, like ten year olds, I'd say. So you can do that as well. I figure if they can watch like you know the Avengers and all this other stuff, they got to be able to watch some of this. Well, stuff. there's an opening scene right that that is maybe a little cringeworthy where you want, might want to cover your kids' eyes, but it's mm. it involves sutures and cuts and oh well yeah, yeah. All right. something protruding from an abdomen so anyways I'm not gonna go to it. all right so that's it the martian go see it let's get into the show shall we mr khan i'm ready we got 10 10 stories that we're gonna get through here five industry news and i get to start this off and i forget what i'm starting with because i think i'm Lo actually uh going crazy localista yes uh, yeah it's called uh localistico Right, which is making business, making local businesses easier to find. This is a platform that we've seen this. I, I would equate this to becoming the yellow pages of location, right? You know how the yellow pages, they basically homogenize all the location and they gave everything that you need to do. For those of you who don't know what local pages are, look it up, uh, Wikipedia. But this is this is that equivalent. And, and I think we've had many conversations about this kind of normalization of data. So controlling data across all the location platforms. And that's what these guys are doing. It, it, it helps you uh, make sure that all of your data is in sync across these platforms. It, help makes you, it helps you make sure that uh, all of your data is up to date across these platforms. And, and it, it, limited as the platforms may be, Facebook, Google, Yelp, and Foursquare, you've got to understand that a lot of this data feeds other services. So Yelp, for example, feeds Apple and their Apple Maps uh, data. Foursquare obviously feeds pretty much every other location-aware platform that you can imagine, like Instagram and those kinds of things. So it's very important to have your data up to date in all of these platforms. And Localistico 
is exactly what they do. So they, they, they say that, listen, if you if you want to make sure that your, your, your listings are done properly across these platforms, do it here, and then we will make sure that it's populated across all these platforms effectively. Um, and that's ultimately what it is. It doesn't help you with, with findability, SEO, um, you know, uh, any, any kind of page rank stuff, but it does help you make sure that when somebody types something in that they're looking for your business, they'll find it uh, and they'll find the approved and the appropriate address, not the one that's across the street or next door. So if you're in interested in that, you can go to localistico.com, localistico.com, L-O-C-A-L-I-S-T-I-O-T-I-C-O.com. I think it is a necessary cool. thing, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think anybody... Uh... You know, even big companies struggle with still like you know old data out there and and just being found and and, and going up with the right stuff in in, uh, in search results. So yeah, absolutely necessary. Very much so. Very much so. Easy start. Easy start All on right. the show. Yeah. Second story now. Uh, a company we've talked about. Uh, well, maybe not recently, but uh, a while back is a company called Walkbase. Uh, w a l k b a s e. These are a, a uh, they're a um, I'll call them a uh, in-store analytics company, uh, and they've teamed up with Samsung. And this is a very interesting partnership. I, one of the first I've seen uh, in in this kind of uh, way of, of coming together around in-store analytics. So what they've done is, is they've taken their analytics technology and they've embedded it in in-store signage. So this is digital signage that's provided by Samsung, uh, and they're using that uh, signage to do anonymous analyzing of customer behavior through Wi-Fi signals and the smartphones. So basically, if you've got a store and you've got Samsung digital signage uh, in that store um, and you've got Wi-Fi, you can use the embedded technology in these screens to look at the movements of people in your store. So it's a different way to, like other than like sort of the normal way we talked about in-store analytics of putting, you know, beacons in or putting Wi-Fi in, you know, from a very purpose-built uh, uh, point of view, this is, hey, the stuff is actually just built into the screens that we're already using, uh, you know, for messaging and, and, and video and other things in the stores to do the same thing. What's a little bit different, however, is on top of the analytics play, they use that analytics then, again, this is anonymous data, to then deliver targeted ads in those same screens. Um, and so the, the analytics are fed into the marketing and, and content CRM systems that you have and then turn back into, hey, we see a lot of people that sort of match this, uh, this criteria, uh, um, you know, and we're going to uh, deliver this ad uh, into the screens at this particular time. So this is really interesting. Uh, I think it's a great kind of partnership. Expect more of this type of stuff to come down the road. So Walkbase and Samsung team up for digital signage-based in-store analytics. All right, our third story involves the world's greatest company, or soon to be the world's greatest company, and soon to be the world's most valued company, the biggest companies. Uh, it's called, like, by and large. No, it's called Amazon. Amazon announced this week something called Amazon Flex, which is a benefit if you live in Seattle and you are actually an Amazon Prime Now member. It allows you to get stuff delivered by human beings human beings and those human beings are basically like uber they're you and i that actually deliver packages these are they're soliciting drivers and deliverers right now uh to be able to go and take these things and and do within the hour delivery this is 
really the last meter when it comes to the delivery uh, challenge. And uh, Amazon is diving right into this. So it's right now it's available in Seattle. It's going to be available soon in New York, Baltimore, Miami, Dallas, Austin, Chicago, Indianapolis, Atlanta, and Portland. I don't see Ottawa or Toronto or any Canadian city, for that matter, on here at this moment. I'm sure it's just like a typo. I'm sure it's there somewhere, right? Because Canada is a country up north of the United States. I'm just, just saying that, that maybe you should look up every once in a while. Uh, you know, we, we, we're up there. It would be great if you could freaking release some services up here somewhere. I'm a big supporter. Um, so basically, you, you get paid 18 to $25 an hour if you want to be a delivery agent for Amazon Prime. And uh, that's it. It's pretty simple. There's a lot of uh, companies that are, uh, you know, what they call battling it out in the gig economy. And, uh, and you know, Uber is moving into this space and now Amazon is going to be there. And this is going to get big everywhere. I just don't know. There's a lot of criticism, I see, for around the fact that nobody's making any money off of this. But I don't think that Amazon is in, the, in, in that mode right now. They're just trying to do what they do, which is own the world. And delivery is one of those things. It's a big business. And, man, what, what happened to those bike couriers and, and, you know, the dedicated delivery companies that used to charge you an arm and a leg to get a document across the city? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, those guys are going to be suffering from this. But uh, there is a lot of stuff going on around class action suits um, for Uber and drivers. And I wonder how this is going to play out when it comes to actually doing deliveries. Like, are you insured? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? I mean, obviously, it's it's, it's a crowded space, yes. right? Um, you know, and, and the question for me on with this stuff is, it's always about you know what is the size of the underemployed market, and yeah. you know who's actually you know going to do this kind of stuff, right? And are, you know, and uh, we all know that there's people who are going to do it, but there's also an increasing awareness of you know all the problems Uber's having, uh, all the lawsuits that are out there, all the cities fighting, you know, these things. And I, and I talk to a lot of everyday people who would be like, you know, I've asked the question, and like, would you be an Uber driver? And they're like, yeah, you know, I've got the time, or I would, you know, you know, from that perspective, I would do it. But you know, I don't know if I want to be caught up in you know potential lawsuits and all this other stuff, right? So there's also that aspect of it too, um, of you know, can we find the the people that want to do this, um, you know, and um, and what do we have to pay them to to, to take that risk with us? Well, I think that. Um here in Ottawa, we've everywhere Uber is is facing all these legal challenges, and it is a battleground. And and uh, you know we covered this story about Uber moving into China, and and they they're getting their hand yeah. to them, like they're getting killed in China. But but um, a, a friend of mine who actually was one of the primary uh, investors in Rove, my previous company, his name is John Criswick, and he's he's an eccentric guy, and um, he has a Tesla here in Ottawa. I think there's only a handful of them in Ottawa, and he is an Uber driver. Right, and and this guy is obviously uh, can can afford to, to buy a Tesla, and and he he's a many times millionaire over and over and again. But he's a he's he's doing it for the principle of it, right? So the advancement, right. the destruction of old world business models is basically what he says. So he's okay to pay the fines, and and I I see those guys those types of guys making a statement here. I don't think he's going to be an Amazon Flex delivery guy, uh, but I wouldn't put it past him just because if there's any kind of litigious, uh, you know, involvement. He might be the guy that says, you know what, screw it. I'm going to bring attention to this because I can afford to pay the fines should they be levied against yep. me. So, but this this world is uh, is getting just in time. And uh, and when this hits Canada, I always warn companies that when this hits Canada, you've got to be prepared. 
you know, just because there's a border that protects us from these kinds of things, if you're a retailer, does not mean that you shouldn't be exploring these things for when they actually do make their way up here like Uber. Like how many, how many years, it was two years that cab companies in Canada had a little bit, uh, and then they had a glimpse, obviously, with, a, with uh, what was that other company that was in, um, that, uh, another cab company that was based yeah. out of Toronto, right? Um, or Halo. Well, Halo, yeah, that's right. So they had two years plus Halo to get prepared for Uber moving into their city. And what did they do? Nothing. Nothing. What? How much Nothing. are they suffering? Immensely, right? So it's a warning. So Amazon Flex, it may or may not work. It may or may not live. But something like this is coming. And if it fails, it doesn't mean that it won't be resurrected somewhere. And in Canada or any other country where this is not involved or city that this is not available, you've got to start preparing for this stuff. Protect your business. Don't be a cab driver. Don't be an idiot like that, right? So it's Amazon Flex. You can go to flex.amazon.com if you'd like uh, to uh, deliver or find out some more information. This is a huge benefit. And I think it's just a cost of doing business right now. That's what it is. It's a cost of doing business in the retail space. And if you're not looking at it, you might be screwed. There you go. Get on it, people. Get on it. All right, number four. Uh, this this is an interesting service called Air Tailor. Uh, and this is about getting your clothes tailored. Um, so... They describe this as, as uh, well, I'll give you the scenario. They say, hey, you got that suit that's in the back of your closet. It's in great shape, but you've just lost a lot of weight, and uh, you know it's, it, it's uh, too much of a hassle. It's too expensive uh, to go and get this thing tailored so that it, you, can, you can wear it again. And this happens to a lot of people. Uh, you, know, you change size, um, and uh, you've got all this great clothes sitting there that you spent tons of money on, and it ends up just sitting in the back of your closet, and you go buy new stuff. Because it's too much of a hassle, it takes too much time uh, to to get this done. So here comes a service called Air Tailor. Uh, it's all online. Basically, uh, you, you do a one-time measurement um, kind of thing, and they store that um, in their system. And then, if you need something altered, you just uh, send them a message uh, with your with your address. They come, they pick it up from you. They send you a prepaid shipping uh, label, um, you know, for this uh, via email. Uh, and then uh, off the stuff goes, and it, and it comes back, uh, you know, right to your home or wherever you want it delivered, uh, you know, within uh, the specified time frame. It's also uh, all, uh, you know, uh, mobile payments enabled, and uh, because you know who wants to deal with cash, they also tell you in advance, which is kind of neat, uh, what it's going to cost. Because a lot of times, when if you've ever done alteration, you go in and you say, hey, I need this, this, and this done, and and they'll like they give you an estimate but they don't like it never ends up being what the estimate is so this is fixed price uh, tailoring uh, service um, pretty cool um, and and um, what I didn't realize until I, I, I hit on this story is there's another service out there called skinny fatties I don't know if you've seen this one Rob it's the same company uh, so this is like their next venture is air tailor so skinny fatties is a service that's been around for probably a year or more now where they take old ties like you know the, the the big wide ties that we all, all had, and and they turn them into skinny ties for you. Um, it's a service <laughs> called Skinny Patties. Um, so there you go. It, it's, uh, it's talk about niching down. Patties and Air Tailor. Uh, check it out. I I've got like I probably have like fifty ties sitting in a drawer somewhere. That you know when back when we all used to wear suits and ties every day. Um, 
When was that? Yeah, I, just for fun, I'm going to pull out a tie one day and I'm going to send it to skinny fatties and see what they do with it. Can they turn uh, my old leather ties into uh, cloth? Maybe. Remember, I Maybe. Don't have, I don't know. Leather ties. Yeah. It's just a statement. They can turn them into one of those like little, uh, you know, bolo things. Exactly. <laughs> you know? See, Bruce Springsteen wore a bolo in 1986. Yeah. It was cool back then, man. It was cool. Yeah. Did he have a hat with that too or no? I don't think, uh, like, I think that he went through his cowboy stage later. Um, okay. But he did not, uh, he did not wear the hat. This was during the brilliant disguise time. Just the boots. Just, he had the cowboy boots and the, uh, and the bolo. Boots and the bolo. And basically a white blouse. It was not a good, I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. Like, the mid to late 80s was not a good time for fashion whatsoever, right? Rug, rugby pants and, right. and bolos. But, you know, at least you try to mimic it. So it's... You're damn straight. There's probably a photo somewhere of Robin in his, in his white blouse with his boots and his bolo. So back then so, I was like, yeah. I mean, 17, 16, 17 years old, maybe 65 pounds, six foot one, 65. I was a skinny guy. It, it, clothes draped on me. I was that guy that, you know, that used to have the, like sweaters. And I'd be able to tuck them into my pants because there's no size of pants that would fit in my waist. Skinny yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't good. But Not I like to change, Rob. What's that? Not much has changed. You're no. still skinny guy. Still skinny guy. But I don't tuck my sweaters into yeah. my, my pants yeah. and I don't wear bolos. And I certainly don't wear blouses. Mm. All right. Well, the uh, next story involves Nestle. Did you know that September 29th was International Coffee Day? I did not know that. I didn't either. I mean, every day for me is International Coffee Day. Like, every day is Canada Day for me. Every day is International Coffee Day. But apparently, they celebrate this. And Nescafe teamed up with Google and their Google Cardboard Virtual Reality Viewer. You've seen these things, right, where it's just basically cardboard with a little bit of lens action where you slip your phone into into the uh, little chassis, and it gives you kind of a a virtual reality experience when you can turn your head and it it, it works like just like the Oculus. and um, they they put those out a couple of years ago at their their conference, Google I/O. But this is um, so this is Nescafe offering a 360 degree panoramic view, virtual reality view of uh, getting into the experience of what it takes to plant and harvest sustainable coffee. And there's three videos that do this that show what it's like. So you're it's a totally immersive environment. You look at left, look right, up, down, and, and you're a part of it. And it tells the story about how Nescafe is actually uh, adhering to a number of things. And it's it's really in support of their, what they call the Nescafe plan, uh, which is to improve the sustainability of their coffee supply chain, um, source 180,000 tons of coffee from Farmer Connect, all of which is 100% in line with the 4Cs baseline sustainability standard. So it's they're, they're looking for sustainable um, agriculture growth um, for their coffee beans. And uh, this is in support of that. And I liken this to the, the old days, which was a year ago, when we talked about QR codes on CPG packages, on CPGs, right? On the packages themselves, so that you could get more information about the type of bean that was in it and also the story behind the farmer that actually went out and and uh, and grew the and harvested the beans. So this is this is actually I like this. You can see bits and pieces of it, a short video of it on on YouTube uh, on the Nescafe channel and it's only you, you can you can see what it looks like, but the 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 VR or the augmented reality the 360 video um, isn't supported so far you have to be on Chrome. So if you go to uh, the uh, Nescafe 
YouTube channel on Chrome, you can see an example of that and you can move around and look up and down and pan around. This is this is pretty it's pretty neat. This is I like how they tell the story here. It, it seems so yeah, accessible. I, I do too. But this, I like the this story. This kind of thing that uh, I would expect guys like Whole Foods yes. to start doing in their stores uh, to show, you know, every everything being organic and where it comes from and uh, farm to table kind of experience, um, you know, around around everything because that's you know that's what people want. That's what people are are, are, are you know desiring today when they're out shopping for groceries and food and they want to they want to know what it's it about, where does it come from, how is it grown. So uh, yeah, this is great. Um, and the whole 360 video movement. I know Facebook just announced something around this as well. Yeah. Is, uh, is is pretty exciting. I I you know this is. I, I saw a great quote about this is that when people kind of poo poo virtual reality or they diss it, they haven't tried it. And that's that's yeah. the because everybody who's tried it says basically the same thing is like kind of a whole bunch of expletives and then uh, they're in, they get it immediately. So if you haven't tried virtual reality yet, if you haven't put an Oculus Rift on your face and been involved in it, um, you, you can't really comment on whether this is an Yeah, it's the only way, by the way, that. that like Rob can experience the Yankees <laughs> oh. winning the World Series is in virtual reality. <laughs> oh, that is in fact an alternate reality, right? It's not even virtual reality. It's an alternate reality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what? If they invented the alternate reality uh, app, I would I would do that right away. There you go. Yeah, I would. It's called uh, Major League Baseball on the Sony PlayStation. Uh, you know, that hurts, man. That hurts. You can, you can. Uh, I'm trying, trying to recover from this. I think there's a tear streaming down my eye right here. It's like, um, you can actually download the Nescafe 360 degree app uh, on iTunes on iOS, and so you can kind of take a look at it. There's not a lot of, not a lot in there, but if you're interested in that, or you can just go to YouTube. God, that hurt, Steve. Sorry, dude. Oh, I can't wait till we play in the American League Championship Series. Yankees, Jays. Man, I don't know. I, I can't recover from that. So I'm just going to end though. That's the top five stories and a heartbroken Rob. Um, those are those are the industry. Uh, that's the industry news. We've got uh, five more stories coming up in the member news, but we wanted to draw your attention to something that is actually um, a, a great, great, great initiative. It's called Beacons for Good. Uh, Beaconsforgood.org. And I'm going to play a video, which is a two-minute introduction about what this is and how it works. And and but this is basically we we've talked about many different companies that have been trying to help, say, um, people with visual impairment cross streets and get home with you know cool canes and 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 uh, location-based. Remember we talked about the, the mapping of um, of uh, walk lights and stop lights and those kinds of things. And so here's here's contact.io k o n t a kt.io trying to bring charities in for something called beacons for good and i want to run this video because it's important that we that we not forget about using beacons for mm -hmm. the things that are important not just pushing product and selling things but actually helping human beings get on with their lives augmenting the lives of people um and this is a pretty important cause so you can see this at beaconsforgood.org if you're just listening to this uh, but here is their promo video which is uh, exactly they can say it better than I can. So beacons for good. Beacons and the Internet of Things are transforming the world. There are so many ways that beacons can help people in need. Here's just one example of how that's happening. We approach a blind pedestrian walking down the street. She is guided and alerted as she approaches the mall entrance. It is shopping mall entrance, southwest, to Passacy, four doors. The junction of Passacy and Diagonal. Crossing. Side passage to the Hansa Bridge and an elevator. 
elevator, minus two floor. Blind square, no hesitation, no need to ask for help. Autonomous travel indoors. Hello, my name is Shimon Yamchura. I am the CEO and co-founder at Contact.io. Two years ago, we started on a mission to create a solution for visually impaired to navigate in public places. Right now, we're about to take it to the next level, and that's why we need your help to do it. We've been brainstorming ways to use beacons to solve problems for real people, but there are so many solutions that we don't even know about. But maybe you do. Wayfinder uses beacons and the, the role of beacons within our Wayfinder system is that they help users navigate from waypoint to waypoint. So we can pull up notifications on the escalator to say the escalator is ending soon or you are now at the ticket line. So these beacons allow us to kind of trigger different messages along the journey and kind of give the user the confidence that they need that they are on the right track. So here's where you come in. We're looking for the very best use cases for beacons to help out people all around the world. So if you're a charity and you have a great idea for how to use beacons, go to beaconsforgood.org, click on apply, fill out the simple application form right there, and our Beacons for Good advisors will review your case with you and the community at large and pick the very best ones to give up to 100 beacons to help make your proximity-based solutions possible. They're good beacons, they're good causes. Thanks for your help. So Beacons for Good, beaconsforgood.org, contact.io are the guys that are behind that with a whole bunch of charities. And uh, you should check it out, beaconsforgood.org. Exactly how it sounds. Awesome. That's so, great stuff. Asif, got some news items here from the member news. Anything else that you want to I talk about before you dive into this? Your, your speed No, around? no. Let's just jump right into it. So five five quick stories uh, from uh, from various member companies around the, uh, the planet. Uh, we'll start with Best Buy. Best Buy in New York City uh, is testing out a robot, uh, a robot named Chloe. Uh, I love that name, Chloe. I don't know. I don't know why I like that name so much, Chloe. It's so good. futuristic. Uh, so soft. Yeah, it's 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 nice. I don't know. Um, anyways, they're testing a 350 square foot vending machine on steroids. It's being described as it's inside glass walls. A robotic yellow arm, which is named Chloe. Uh, and basically, this thing—the arm goes out. You know, when, when I when I thought, saw it, I was like, all I could think was like, you know, the the Canada arm, uh, you know, on, on the uh, space shuttle, you know, that uh, you know can can reach out and do all these great things. But here you have Chloe um, that can reach out and retrieve merchandise that that a customer orders from a touch screen that's built into this uh, into this environment. It takes only a half a minute to retrieve something. Chloe basically can scoot around, pick out, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, uh, there's 15,000 DVDs, CDs, video games, tech uh, accessories, Beats headphones, chargers. So think of it as, you know, like, if you've ever seen those Best Buy little kiosk uh, things at the airports uh, or in hotels, it's, a, it's like a giant version of that, 350 square feet, uh, with a robotic arm that can reach into this thing and grab the, whatever it is that, uh, that you want. Um, so pretty, pretty cool stuff. Uh, it's in the Manhattan Chelsea uh, store, Best Buy store. Take a look at that. I, next time I'm in New York, I'm going to go out there and just uh, see it in person. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, nine touchscreens. Uh, it's accessible from the entryway to the store as well as after the store is closed, which is kind of cool. So if you need something uh, after hours, uh, this is still uh, available to you. Um, 
you know, like a cell phone charger that, you know, my phone just died. Hey, I'm happy to be walking by the Chelsea store. I can get one after hours. But can you get a quinoa, night, can you get a quinoa salad? I don't know. By the way, that was cool that, uh, um, what's his name now? Um, Jeremy, I yes. want to say. Jeremy uh, reached back to us from Itza and uh, invite, I think he invited Rob and I to come have a meal. Did he not? It was uh, Jason, Jason Mueller. Jason, sorry. Jason, my apologies. It, it was, yeah, so, it was very so we'll cool. we'll have to do that, Rob. We'll have to go to San Fran and have uh, Just for quinoa. a quinoa salad. Yeah. I'm in. Let's do it. We'll just do the tour of all the technology, right? So New York first, San Francisco. What else? What else you got? <laughs> Chicago, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Second story there, man. Yeah, second Story. Uh, so Google uh, made an acquisition this week. They acquired a company called Jibe Mobile. That's J-I-B-E. It's a California-based startup that helps carriers support native video and other types of media as well as group chat and messaging. This is interesting. It's being talked about as a way for Google to uh, continue or sustain uh, their revenue streams that they've been getting from the carriers uh, over the years. And, and uh, the big discussion around this is, is you know, SMS has been somewhat uh, supplanted from the carrier perspective in terms of a revenue stream uh, you know with things like WeChat and WhatsApp and all that other stuff and so they wanted to try and bring uh, you know this platform forward you know under the the Google bannership uh, to you know bring video and, and 360 video and all this other stuff in as a, as a form of messaging uh, tied to this uh, platform and give the carrier sort of a renewed revenue stream here so this is Google's play at maintaining or growing the revenue uh, from the carrier uh, world through Jibe Mobile. Um, no numbers on this. Uh, they had previously raised, Jibe had previously raised $9.1 million. So we can say it's probably somewhere around 10 or, or 10 plus um, as far as the size of this uh, acquisition. So there you go. Third story. Rob's favorite company, Foursquare, uh, that he'll be uh, on the panel with at Retail Loco. This I like. This is, uh, so you know, we've talked about Foursquare's, uh, you know, split into two apps and, and the old uh, Foursquare app is now the uh, local search discovery Yelp kind of thing, find restaurants. And by the way, I, I still use this every once in a while. I pop it open and I'm like, hey, what's near me? Looking for Mexican right now. Uh, and they've done a one button, single button uh, integration with OpenTable now. So you can look right into that restaurant, see if there's tables available, just hit the button and book uh, right through Foursquare, just deep integration with OpenTable through a single button, uh, the two apps working simultaneously together. I like this, this is good stuff. Uh, should have done this a long time ago, but here it is now. Foursquare, one button integration with OpenTable, good stuff. Alright, number four, big merger in the industry this week. Uh, yeah, Rentrack, we've talked about these guys before, uh, has merged with Comscore. And this was announced at Ad Week in New York this week. Um, it, WPP is uh, the big agency conglomerate, is an uh, investor in both of these companies. 16% stake. Uh, the new company, uh, $732 million, uh, is, uh, is their stake in the combined company. This is huge. That's only 16%. i tell you the size of this company. Uh, Comscore, as you might know, big uh, internet traffic uh, data analytics company. Rentrack uh, is, is the same thing, but in the TV world, uh, a company that had tried to go head-to-head -head with Nielsen over the years. Uh, WPP, historically, had tried to buy Nielsen. didn't work out, so now they've gone and done this. Uh, so now you have Rentrack's TV analytics coming together with Comscore's 
real-world stuff uh, from the internet and everywhere else. Powerhouse in the uh, in the ratings and analytics world has just been created. This is huge. Uh, and our good, good friends, you might remember our good friends at Place IQ. They've been working with Rentrack uh, on a couple of different things around tying their stuff to TV as well. Place IQ will be at Retail Local. In fact, they're doing a the closing keynote on the day one. So come hear about that. Maybe we'll ask them about Rentrack uh, and Comscore and what they're doing in that world. So who knows? Could be. Uh, Rent track, Comscore, Place IQ, not too far in the distant future. All right, final story. Um, I don't know if any of you watch House of Cards. Uh, if you're a big House of Cards, Frank Underwood fan. Rob, yes? Well, guess what? I am. If you travel a lot and you fly Virgin um, and, and you've been missing out or you can't quite keep up with those episodes, now you have a new way to do this. So. Virgin has taken 10 of their new Airbus planes. They've branded the planes as House of Cards planes. So the outside of the plane is all branded House of Cards. And you get on these planes, this is Virgin America, uh, with some a new program called Netflix On Board. So they've signed a deal with Netflix uh, through uh, a company called uh, Viasat. And starting September 29th, so just started a couple days ago, any of these 10 planes you can get on and... Uh, free Wi-Fi is provided, uh, and in partnership with Netflix, you can watch House of Cards on the plane for free. I love that. Pretty cool, right? Uh, pretty, pretty cool. I tried I tried desperately to get these guys to retail local, because remember we, we talked about their partnership with Marriott, and that test was running in Chicago. They just couldn't do it, uh, uh, but we'll get them. Uh, these guys are doing all kinds of crazy stuff, Netflix, uh, I'm talking about. Marriott partnerships, Virgin partnerships. Uh, airlines, hotels, they don't care. They just want to bring you the content anywhere you are. Um, and this is pretty cool. So this started, as I said, September 29th, and it runs all the way to March 2nd of next year. So you can Good binge stuff. watch. So you, you just, got that. Yeah, you can binge watch on the plane uh, House of Cards. Yeah, that is that is great. So when you start to think about the ramifications, there's two things in there. See, so the Foursquare um, doing deep linking with OpenTable, and then... Basically, Netflix doing doing deep linking with distribution partners like uh, Virgin yeah. and like the Marriott. Like this, this is it doesn't take a genius to say that this is a huge trend that is happening. But but when you start to leverage, you, these guys are both looking for different ways to get in front of a new audience. Very clearly, that is exactly that is. There's no argument there. You know, back in the day, you used to take out ads in newspapers and ads on the television and you used to do mass mailers. And then in the more modern times, you would do mass emailing in order to be able to create an audience. Um, but those were all directive, right? So you had to go somewhere to get something. So you had to look at the ad and then go to the store. You had to turn on the television to yeah. get an ad to go to the store. But what these people are saying, and this is the biggest trend, is that they're bringing it to you, right? They're becoming exactly. Netflix is an operating system. Absolutely, and it's yeah. what I've been saying for like I don't know how many years now. But twenty it, years to see from a location point of view, it's understanding where the target is yep. right now, the geo perspective, yep. and then bringing the content, bringing the offering, bringing the whatever it is to them in that place. Yep. Right, everywhere that they are is the location you should be focused on right it's, now. It's, That's why I talk about it as the cookie for the physical world. That's why I talk about it, you know, in in, in all these ways of understanding where are they. That's it, the location is not your store only. It's where are they right now and how do I get in front of them in that place? What media can I use to do that? And that's exactly what these guys are doing. Yeah. Why I love this stuff. Yeah, that, it, it's, it's huge. And, and for those companies who don't get that, uh, you know, I, I feel pity. Actually, I don't. 
because then the companies who do will get their proper due. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So the question is, how do you, how do you get the J's to be brought to me? Because I don't give a damn, right? <laughs> you know how you do that? You put them in front of me in the American League Championship Series against the New York Yankees. Right. That's how you bring the J's into my living room. It's the only way. There you go. Hmm. Yes. Well, those are good. Those are the top five member news of the week. And then we had the top five uh, industry news of the week. We had a great resource that I uh, just go and do it. Contact IO. Uh, so if you're Beacons for Good, beaconsforgood.org. And, and uh, great stories all around, especially the Amazon one. Um, and certainly this whole concept of deep linking and, and being the operating system, being where your customers are. It's, it's so simple. But here we are that we're full circle back to where you're providing tremendous value. And I'll, those are great stories. And I, you know what? I, I, I Foursquare, you're setting up a, this as like it's going to be a brawl. I'm uh, just joking, dude. It's going to be fine. It is. It will be good. Um, and, uh, you know, by that time, I, I think that the conversation will happen. There's a great, I, I saw Scoble post this thing um, about Foursquare and about why they split up the two apps. And it's a fascinating read. I'm not going to go through it right now, but you should go and read it if you're interested in that kind of stuff. About why now Scoble, who used to be very critical of Foursquare, is, he thinks that they're undervalued. At the four or five or six hundred million dollars that they're valued at right now, because of because of this strategy. Um, so, who knows, man? Maybe these guys they just hung on long enough to do something of value. And I'm gonna ask those questions. I don't know if they can answer it, but I'm gonna ask those questions. It's gonna be fun. You should be there, Retail Loco, right? Yes. That was that. That's our ad. <laughs> That's our ad. Anything else uh, left to say other than uh, if you've been watching this video, you kind of have seen the rivalry that is, uh, has become a, uh, you know, a friendly rivalry. Uh, it's the Yankees versus the, uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah. Who's that sign? Who, who got, who's, who's That's that? uh, Alex Anthopoulos. That's Alex Anthopoulos, yeah. Just the GM. Just the guy who architected the team. Um, but uh, you can tell by the faded nature of this ball cap. I've had it. I've, I'm not a bandwagon, bandwagon Yankees fan. How's that? Right? Not clean. It's warm. Fair enough. It's By warm. the way, I, so I went down there, as you know, mm -hmm. for a conference, FS Tech. Oh, yeah. Did and, you go? Which was great, by the way. Um, but I didn't go down there with any intention of going to a Jays game. Oh. So I had no gear with me. I had nothing, right? And uh, trying to find anything <laughs> Blue Jays in, in D.C. or Baltimore is next to impossible. Yeah. So all, all I could find was this hat, which, you know, I had to go to a mall and go to a lid store. Yes, to find, that's the only thing I could find in in the entire place. Yeah, um, doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah, it was crazy. It's because um, they have the Nationals and the Orioles. I know. Yeah, I know. And and I can't, and the Redskins and the Redskins. And the, the, yeah, yeah, and and uh, the Capitals, the Washington Capitals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it was it was hard, but it was it was worth it. I feel sorry for you, man. I feel sorry for. You. I'm glad you found something. I'm glad you had a great time. I'm not so happy that the uh, Blue Jays won the won the the pennant, uh, the division. But uh, you know what? The playoffs start Tuesday, which is maybe this is the only time I can wear this. And well, actually I mean, feel good about for it. the for for the lesser fans, it starts Tuesday. For the rest of us, it starts Thursday. Go Kansas City! How, how are you? That's what I'm saying. See, God. <laughs> okay. All right. That is it for this episode number 253 of this week in location-based marketing, also known as this week in baseball twib or twibblem, right? It could be. Yes. Uh, we, we will be back. Uh, somebody's heart will be broken, I'm sure. Uh, by the time we get back together one week from today, it won't be mine. Maybe maybe the uh, the real baseball playoffs will have started. But uh, go Yanks on Tuesday. We will be back for 254 next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate you doing this week in and week out and the feedback that we get. 
So we will continue to do this until you stop giving us feedback. So keep it coming. Rob at Untether.tv, Seafet the LBMA.com. We'll see you next week, folks. Good luck. I can't, this is the best time to be a baseball fan right now during the playoffs. Later, everybody. No one on top of the ninth. The Yankees are one out away. Batances, 2 2. Is cut out and missed. Struck about swinging. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. And they're headed to the postseason again in their great history. So the Yankees have clinched a playoff spot. In 22 years, it has been a long time coming with the boys. They played like champions all season long. They came out today. They made a statement 15 to 2.